I thought that was a tomb rumor. No, yeah. sir. Okay, yeah. now this now it's time to start the intro, starring me, Justin, <laughs> the only sane one on the show. I the got funniest my, goof. I got my um, got my yellow belt. Oh, nice, dude. Thanks, dude. Um, Did you have doubt? Was there doubt in your mind that you were not going to pass the test? Because you actually had to wait for the results for your Taekwondo test. That's true. I did have to wait for the results of my teacher today. I, did I, you have to wait in line with the six-year-olds as well? Or do they just uh, Russ, line? don't be an asshole. She was five. <laughs> it was just me and her in, taking our tests um, and uh, in, in the white belt section. And we both did... A great job. Awesome. What level I, is yellow? I didn't like how, her. How close to the top is it? I'd rather not clarify. It's okay. the second. It's the second one. It's the one after white. It's the one after nothing. It's just above nothing. They give you a white belt for coming in and giving them thirty dollars. <laughs> the then, white belt is functional. The white belt holds your gi together. That's yeah. it. Actually, no. You tie your gi together. The white. The white belt does nothing. <laughs> but the yellow belt. I'm a weapon. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Chill Dan, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Todd, and I play game. My, Whoa. My name is Russ Rorschach, and I know the best game of the week. Excited to meet Todd in this episode, <laughs> finally. <laughs> Here on The Besties, we talk about the latest and greatest in sports, technology, cars, entertainment, uh, fashion, Men's fitness mm. and women's <laughs> fitness and uh, all, so much more. But uh, this month, it's all about video Etymology. games. Oh, damn. No, video now, games Justin, I, I heard there, a yeah, rumor about video games mm-hmm. that it was because my kids love them. Right. Yeah. But I don't I'm 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 more of a, uh, you know, silver screen guy. Sure. And so it's it's really just what we're talking about when we talk about video games. It's like a fancy term for Pac-Man, right? <laughs> They've uh, they come a long way since Pac-Man. Huh. Yeah, and we're going to explore just that topic. Um, they're talking uh, a lot today. about they're talking a lot about Dig Dug, and I'm assuming that's just about a man named Doug who's pretty cool. Who you can dig, and I guess he also eats ghosts. Like all video games, they eat the ghosts and pills and stuff in in video games, right? Um, the, not all games have pills anymore. Actually, wow. that's that's a, a misconception. I met with Shigeru Miyamoto to talk about video games, and he told me not all games have pills anymore. Wow. So roll the clip. <laughs> Let's hear that now. And it's just video of Shigeru Miyamoto saying, no, not anymore. Not not all games. Um, hey, y'all. 2017, gaming-wise at least, uh-huh. what the fuck is going on? Because it's, ex- it's extremely good. It's, it's like, like 2017 is compensating for something, video yeah. game-wise. It's like the best two, like first two months of games of a year that I can maybe ever remember. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's been very, very off. strong. Do you know what um, it feels like? It's like um, we were getting all these games from people in America, right? Mm. And they were uh, all the same. And then everyone <laughs> everywhere else in the world was like, what if we started kicking ass? And Wait, then did we, we do like, it? At, did did we do it again? Or all four of our all four? None of our four games were made in the U.S. Right? Where's? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that what happened last week too? Um, I think most. Month? I think no, most. Of them. Where was that made? 
uh, I think America, it, maybe. Are you sure? It seems European because there it's were some so valve good. Staff, former Valve staffers on it, so I think it was American. Mm. Uh, uh, Eric, like we'll Eric Walpaw. <laughs> can we? Uh, can we do honorable mentions? Talk yeah, about the sure. stuff that didn't quite make the list because I think we all had some had some had some stuff. I can I name a big one that yeah, yeah, should yeah. be on this list? Uh, Hidden Folks. I don't. Oh, I saw that on the app it? store. I saw that on the app store today, and I was curious about it, but I didn't. I have not played it's, it. It's like uh, Waldo. Yeah, it's like Where's Waldo, but made by the guy who did Bounden, um, which is one of my favorite games. Like, period. Uh, and it's Where's Waldo, but black and white, and you can play it on your iPad or uh, iPhone or Steam. And the the locations they're huge. Hmm. Like you, you have to zoom in and zoom out to just kind of get around the hmm. the kind of two D maps. And everything is interactive. So like it has all these cute noises that I think were made by Adrian, the designer. So you'll you'll tap uh, the bushes and they'll 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 move around a little bit and go. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Wow. Uh, or, or there will be a garage so and you can limit the garage shit, door. dude. Yeah, dog. Yeah, they really have come a long way since Pac-Man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, Who is actually named Pac-Man uh, after a puck. Come on, stop uh, it. Everybody knows this. Um, I was surprised at how many good iOS games. I know y'all played Dandy Dungeons, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted Dandy to Dungeons. talk about that one. If we're, it was a fun one. It was a... Uh, yeah, it's cool. The, there's a meta narrative on top of it where you're like a game developer... Uh, who quits his salary job to make games in his underwear, pretty much. Uh, and the, the the you play the actual game itself. The game itself is sort of like a dungeon crawler, except you have to trace the path you're going to take through each room with the idea yeah. being that you can't retrace your steps and you are trying to get to every square and fight every enemy. Um, yeah, I found the game itself kind of poopy, personally. Like, not my kind of game, but I love the meta stuff I thought was hilarious. Yeah, well, is, it, is it poopy, or is it not your kind of game, Russ? Because those are both. two distinctly different ideas. I think those are the same thing. Okay, You're not into poopy games. Impeccable taste. Um, um, I played a lot of this fun well, new we're just, iOS. like, blazing through, huh? Yeah. Can't even take yeah, a I, I don't so, want sp- to spend two fucking hours doing this show like again. A good, I got... It's a fun thing. It's very cute. The music, it's worth it just... For the intro song, which is absolutely fantastic, play it with yeah. with uh, sound. Uh, it's really cute, and I agree. I, the game is not my favorite, but uh, especially when you end up having to grind dungeons a lot to to try to get gear. But yeah, the, it's, the stuff on top of it is really cool. I love RPG shit in games. That was actually something that turned me off of that game. I kind of just wanted like a little puzzler where you had to like route your way through different dungeons, making sure that like you walked over the potion if you were low on hit points before you started fighting the enemy. Like, I was into that shit. I was not into the, like, oh, well, this is a five-star rainbow shell, and if you collect eight of these, you can upgrade your sword. Like, I mean, I, there's, it does have kind of an unfortunate pay-to-win thing where you can revive in a dungeon uh, uh, if you buy rice balls. Um. <laughs> Next, Feed the Beast. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Keep it going. So uh, speaking of iOS games, I've been playing this great iOS game, and um, it's really, it's a really well-designed one, and it's called Chess. Mm. Mm. Talking about Chess. Did I, did mm. we talk about it last month? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good well, games. Have, have there been any updates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got this new piece, and it's called The Saboteur. Um, okay, I just, I've just played a lot of it, and it's really good, and I upgraded to the Platinum membership on chess.com, so fucking step to me. What does me. that give you? Do you get, like, special, like, Twitch icons and stuff? You get, like, infinite lessons, and, like, uh, you can run these little tactics drills, and that's, like, all I, like, I, I spend roughly two and a half hours a day rocking a baby, and I have basically, now I just spend that time running tactics drills, so, like, trying to get that old ranking up um but it, it, i also this is not uh ios related but it is kind of chess related i hooked up the uh my oculus and i got oculus touch going and played super hot vr god did i talk about this uh, last month earth shatteringly good no it's fucking un- it's unbelievably good it is Thank by you. it is by magnitudes the best fucking vr thing i have done like it is the best vr thing it's my new like go-to you have to check this shit out um but i also started messing around with alt space which is sort of the social app that i think is probably the the most um uh like well-made app for for vr of its kind there's also rec room but rec room sucks um did i talk about this like myspace it's kind of like that but um it's it's more like second life but not nearly as horny Mm. um and i played a game of chess against a dude in this big virtual room well listen i was playing and we heard Mm -hmm. like what sounded like cheering and fighting coming from like this theater that was also in this board game space. And we walked over there and this dad was just showing us his kids wrestling videos. <laughs> what? No. What? We played chess and his high school aged son was doing wrestling. And so while I played chess against this stranger uh, mm. in a board that was as big as I was, this nearby dad explained to me how they score actual wrestling, not like funsy fun WWE. Dad. Um, and it was just a really wonderful experience. Wait, the board was as big as you were. Yeah, you could, it's like a virtual space, so you can like drag it. It's like it was on some fucking wizard chess shit. Also, uh, I played a lot of desktop, sim, desktop tabletop simulator mm. in VR, which is really fun. I played some Code Names, which is a really fun board game, and um, some Secret Hitler, and all of it really actually performs really well. All on my I'm quick, assuming before we before we move on to actual games. Yeah, yeah, what's up? I just wanted to talk about chess briefly. Okay. What what's what's your end game? Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you working <laughs> towards? <laughs> I mean, you, what do you want me to fucking like challenge Kasparov in a seven game set for the fate of the world? No, I'm just like I like playing it, and it chess. It's like it's like a fun little puzzle game, and every move is just like a little puzzle that you have to solve. I'm into also, that shit. 
like fresh you play shooters you're no esports champion yeah why, why do I, why are we doing fucking any of this if yeah, that's in call of duty i get gold guns if i play enough of them Okay. Well, I get. Oh, it. you want the unlocks? You want yeah. unlocks is what you're saying. You want skins? I mean, you get yeah. your ranking goes up, and you play people with yeah, higher. Yeah, not rankings. everyone cares about the ranking. You don't get a belt for everything. God. Okay, so um, that's the end of Russ's wow. segment. For that's the, the end of yeah. Russ is sh- just <laughs> no, open up his butt and poop. The beast is full. You should have. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. I'm hearing the beast is full. We got to move on to our real game. <laughs> got to move on. Dude, to has our anybody real played? Has anybody played Night in the Woods though? Because that's one I actually do want to check out. And it just came out. Uh, I'm do I'm working on a review of it, oh, so I can't comment. So, oh well, shoot. So, someone at work uh, played it for a stream. I don't want to give their name out, but they literally could not make it past a platforming sequence that happens in the first five minutes. Oh God, not again. <laughs> oh no too late this, this indie platform adventure is too late for us. You could say they were doomed. Okay. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, so that's uh, who wants to start this this month. I'm gonna start. No oh boy. Wow. Okay. okay. Just kind of go ahead and. What's your game, Russ? My game is called Fire Emblem Heroes. Okay. Good. You okay with that? That's fine. That's the I I want to hear about it because I've heard a lot of chatter about it, but I'm not a big Fire Emblem fan, and I'm curious if this would be more up my alley. Okay. So Fire Emblem Heroes uh, is, I guess, the third, technically the third Nintendo mobile game to come out. Uh, I'm not counting Pokemon Go because Nintendo didn't make that. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, But so there was Mitomo, which really wasn't a game at all. It was basically fiery garbage. And then Mario Run, which came out, which was okay-ish. How how frustrating is Mitomo in that they were like, let's release Tomodachi Life, but with less interactivity. (laughs) It was terrible. It was the Um, worst. Uh, also, just real quick about Pokemon Go, they just updated it with second-gen Pokemon, but they only added 80 of, I believe, I think 101? I yeah. think I think Gen 2 brought it up to 250-something. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, guys, why couldn't you fucking get the other 20? It's been, like, forever since Pokemon Go was released, and you're like, oh, man, we couldn't crack Totodile. What the f- <laughs> we couldn't We couldn't crack Centret. We just don't know how to make a raccoon 3D. What are you Here's talking say, about? It would take them... No, there is no amount of Pokemon. They could add 600 new Pokemon on top of the 700 existing. I still wouldn't play that game. Yeah, so it I'm really not. doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And I think everyone who's, like, quit playing Pokemon is sort of in that boat. Like, nothing would bring them back to it. Yeah. But I think like a think, real Pokemon game. If it, yeah, like, that might be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. Right. Uh, thankfully, Fire Emblem, which is the third Nintendo uh, mobile game made by Intelligent Systems, which is one of their best developers, is really effing good. It It is one of my favorite mobile games I think I've ever played. Um, so it's a free-to-play game, and basically you summon a variety of characters from the Fire Emblem franchise, starting with the very first game to even the most recent game. And you use those characters in 4v4... Sorry. (coughs) Sorry. You use those characters in 4v4 battles in, like, much smaller uh, arenas. So generally in Fire Emblem You repeated yourself, like, I'm going to edit. I just want to make it super clear that that was totally in there. (laughs) Oh, but you're going to get the cough out of there, I wouldn't make a habit of that. You're going to get the cough out of there, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be sure to get the cough out of it for the besties. <laughs> I officially, I edit out all your stupid coughs. Justin, in. I don't have to fucking cough. What? Oh, no, the cough was in. Didn't everybody hear the cough? Please, Justin, edit the cough out. <laughs> keep putting, I'm going to keep mentioning the cough, so it will be like, it won't even make sense without the cough. God. <laughs> the cough is a, is a key story point in this episode. <laughs> okay. <coughs> 
So you have <laughs> See, oh, God, no, God. we don't need the sequel. <laughs> okay, so you have these smaller maps. Um, traditionally, Fire Emblem maps are, like, huge and, like, 64 by 64 squares. These are really pretty small. I think it's, like, 4 by 8 or, like, no. uh, uh, probably 8 by 8 is probably what it, what it works out to. And... Uh, but but in terms of like the the mechanics and how it all works, it's very very close to classic Fire Emblem. You have the traditional like sword beats axe beats spear, you know red beats green beats blue like that. Uh, you know uh, rock paper scissors mechanic is at work. Why I like it so much is there by having the smaller maps, um, games play out very fast. Uh, you could spend like an hour or more on a single map in like a normal Fire Emblem game. Here you could finish a map in like five minutes, which I think matches mobile really that's, well. That's long. That's a long match if it takes five five minutes. Yeah, like in my, in my right. experience, like like they, they just fucking fly right by. That sounds yeah. hugely appealing to me as, an, as someone who's not a huge Fire Emblem person. Or Fire Emblem person, uh, sorry. I, I, I love Fire Emblem, and I played and reviewed Fates um, uh, last last year, yeah. I think last February, yeah. um, and it's exceptional. But yeah, like... It's it is exhausting. Some of some of the uh, like levels taking forty five minutes to an hour uh, while you like very carefully move around and like move like two steps forward and then one step back and always having like your slowest people at the front because they can take the biggest hits because if somebody dies that's it yeah um and that without that restriction like the game just flies by maps yeah. sorry I'm loading the game up because I wanted to lock down maps are one two three four five six they're six by eight. So okay. 48, was, was 48 squares, yeah. Um, so the other thing I like about the smaller maps and something they don't do in the normal Fire Emblems very much at all, there's a little bit of this, but very little, is positioning is a huge deal. Like a lot of the uh, characters that you get have abilities where you'll like swap positions with another person or you'll like warp to another person or stuff like that. And because the maps are so small, that positioning makes a huge impact where you can like swap places, like a mage and a tank can swap places, um, and and it really just like changes the overall flow of an entire game. I got um I got a unit named Effie. Uh, this is this is like my favorite thing about the game is is the positioning stuff. And Effie is this big, like crazy strong, really high defense knight, but she can only move one space. So I can either like work really hard to like keep her at the front line and sort of move the rest of my army very slowly, or she has an ability where I can just fucking kick one of my teammates and it moves them forward two spaces. And using that, like I can either take this like defensive position or I can just like move into high gear and just like zerg rush the the enemy by putting a a, a, a combatant like right behind their their enemy lines. There's like there's yeah. so much like nuance to that to that uh that strategy griffin let me ask you better mm. chess do you think it's better chess chess two um i i play it when i'm like no i i, I don't <laughs> there, there's like <laughs> at first blush when i was like looking at trailers for the game and getting excited because i've been looking forward to it i first of all before we knew anything i was 100 percent certain they were just gonna fuck it right up yes um for sure. but looking at like the first trailers it does it did just kind of seem like a you mentioned rock, paper, scissors, and that's always been a consideration for Fire Emblem, like, uh, what is it, spears beat swords beat axes, or yeah. maybe I have that backwards, but I thought that was going to be it. Just, like, put your sword guy next to the axe guy, and you'll win. Um, but there's the, the, the positioning stuff, it adds a lot to it. Um, everybody has unique skills, and some of those skills can, like... Um, 
counteract that that rock paper scissors system like there's skills that completely nullify those bonuses um and and uh uh debuffs uh there are ones that sort of go add like another layer like one that makes you very good at killing armored units or archers are really good at killing flying units that has nothing to do with the red blue green rock paper scissors system so like even if you're like a blue unit attacking a green unit, if they're flying and you have a way of like hurting flying enemies, then then um, then you get bonuses there. So there's like so many different ways to make your teammates play along with each other, um, and and it's it is it is way more complex than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's super super interesting. I, I want to hear Plant's story. Plant, tell your story. No, it's not fun. I know, I know. That's so why I want like you to it. I I made the mistake of like reading advice about this game and like oh did you do the restart shit ten, yeah 10 things to do before you play this game and i was like okay cool I, I trust people and they were like delete the game over and over again until you get at least i don't know five characters with four two stars five star each. characters is generally what, what the two yeah. five star characters is what people tell us. yeah and like that's no, insane. It, that's it, no way. I wasted, that's awful. Yeah, I wasted two days kind of like on in my spare time picking at it. I'd be like, oh, I need, I need to go to the bathroom. Maybe I'll do this right now. And and it wouldn't work. So then I ended up just like kind of giving up. And I don't really have any love for these characters anyway, so it didn't really mean anything who I had. And then I tried to play and... I don't know. There were other games I could play, so I just didn't. <laughs> it's yeah. It it's competing with a lot for you, Chris. We can't. I don't know if we, we can even say what Chris we Plant can't has say right any now. Any of the things I'm playing, but it, it um also I will say that I um I despise Chris Plant for just a just not for, I and I hope you Chris appreciate that it's just temporary until sure. I have the things that you have. But in in this moment right now, you are my my mortal <laughs> foe. I do want to I, say, like, a lot of people have, have talked about the free-to-play nature of this game sure. and how you it's pay-to-win and stuff like that. So as of right now, there are there's probably about 10% of the game that is 110% pay-to-win. There's no question about it. It is pay-to-win. If you spend $4,000, you can make a team that will absolutely demolish other teams, and that kind of sucks. But... Uh, they've been really smart about it. So there is like a PvP mechanic where you play other teams, but you actually get matched up against teams that are within your skill range and like stat level. So um, even though I'm not going to like rank to like top 1,000 in the world ever, 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 because those are all 100% people that have spent a ton of money, um, I still am able to do PvP every week and rank and get a bunch of feathers and stuff like that. And with the with the currencies, you can then get five stars that you like and and you can elevate people without having to like commit to the free-to-play mechanic like slot machine mechanic which yeah is very encouraging but they still uh, i would also the, say they're very generous with how much free stuff they give you yeah every every day you log in they give you two orbs which you yeah. need five to summon somebody but you also get an orb every time you beat a level and um i've 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 spent money on the game i spent probably at this point about i want to say about 25 bucks not proud of that, but um, <laughs> at the same time, I've probably played it because it is like it, I mentioned this last in the last episode. Like I, I, I really do. I'm not exaggerating. Like um, I, I rock my baby to sleep like a, a lot, and so the games I'm playing right now are games I can play uh, with the one free hand I have while I'm doing that. And so I've played no joke thirty, forty hours. 
yeah. of Fire Emblem Heroes. Like I played a lot, and yeah, I'll, I'll drop twenty five bucks on it. And and it, it wasn't necessarily to get the best the best guys. Although I've well, gotten because some. You can't. Ins- you have no idea what you'll get. Out yes, twenty five dollars. It's it's mostly that like the more you people you have, the more the more teammates you have, the more options you have. Like the more strategies become available to you. Um, Olivia is a a a, a really cool character who uh has a support ability that just lets somebody else take a second turn and that unlocks so much stuff because all of a sudden like the characters that you have that you really like you can give a second turn or if you're in a situation where um there are two two like enemies in front of you and you have two heroes that could potentially do some damage you can like choose which one gets to go again and there's a lot of stuff like that there's a lot of layers like that where you can build strategies out of just individual characters. And so like and having- the, And a lot of characters like Olivia, for example, and another character, Sharina, are characters you get for free just yeah. by like signing yeah. in and doing like an easy mission. So yeah, like every every day there's you... a there's a there's a uh, cycling catalog of free uh, heroes that all you have to do is like beat them in a really easy battle and then you just have them. And they're really yeah. low ranked. You have to like level them up and it takes a little bit longer. But like, yeah, Olivia, I didn't get out of the- the gosh bond. I I just got her guaranteed for free, and everybody did. Um, I think it's great. I hope they support it as well as they have in the first month. Like I think the first month has had like a lot of variety and events and things to keep people engaged. I uh, like Griffin. I, I finished the campaign as well. Yeah. So I've, like I'm sort I, of getting to a point where I don't have as much to encourage me to log in every single day beyond the right. like bonus. I have. But, I played it every single day since it came out, yeah. and I have. I've gotten the, that bonus every single day. I've played this game every single day since it came out earlier this month. Yeah. I have now finished every story mission on every difficulty and cleared out all of the missions. And to be honest, PvP, the, the rewards for PvP, so like I ranked really high in PvP last month because I have a pretty awesome team. I got really what is, lucky. What was your rank? Uh... uh rank i don't know i had like 3900 that was oh, my wow, score nice. yeah it was really good um and I, I i did really really well because i put together an awesome team and they are at max level like super powerful and there aren't that many substitutions i think i would even make like i i don't even go to the gosh upon to draw like oh i need this person for my team like my team's pretty much perfect i've beaten every one of the single player levels and the reward for pvp if you do like i i really 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 well like i did for the for the last season i think seasons are like four days you get one like one fifteenth of the amount of currency that you need to boost. It's ten percent. Uh, you get ten percent. Okay, you, you can uh, pretty easily get two thousand feathers. You, a week. you uh, so after like so what it would take forty days of playing this game and maxing out maxing out your PvP ranking to like get enough currency to boost up a unit to like the max. Uh, star rating which is how they measure potential like the pvp rewards are fucking shit and now i've beaten every level that gives you free orbs so like i i I, there isn't much left in the game for me to um, be drawn into now this is the same thing i said about like destiny which is i played destiny forever as a value proposition like destiny paid off but i hit a point where it's just like well i have all the best stuff and i've beaten all the stuff and i've spent a lot of time playing this game but i'm bummed that there's like not I guess I'm just bummed that there's not more to it. And while the PvP stuff is cool, it is really, really, really unrewarding. So hopefully they can fix that too. So that's Griffin's game. Russ, what what did you (laughs) do? I did. I wanted to bring this game. Um, Griffin really did. I didn't play as much as Griffin's game, so I think it made more sense. But I have played a ton of this game, and it's excellent. Justin, you should definitely, definitely play it. Speaking uh, as a master of mobile taste, I think you should. I'll I'll try it. Um, Can I talk about a game? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Pretty big departure from that. Um, <clears throat> For Honor is 
A new game from Ubisoft. Ubisoft? Doesn't matter. Ubisoft, how do you do this? How do you do this? Ubisoft, right? Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Uh, it's a new game from them. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it is... Hmm. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's It's a multiplayer action game sort of a, 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 a think of it as a, a, structurally it's not unlike battlefield one Let, let's start there it's no not, no well no, <laughs> no let him let go i'm not sure okay. i, 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 totally I want to follow this out one. okay well uh, okay russ go on um go i'll on. let you guys blather on about a mobile game for <laughs> a half hour i feel like the least you could do is show me the same cursey um it. structurally it's sort of like uh battlefield one in that it's primarily a PvP game, at least at its core. And the single-player component, which there is one, is actually broken up into different campaigns to expose you to the different roles you can play. Hence the 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 parallel to Battlefield 1 specifically. But it is a sword-fighting game and, and sort of like that, that hand-to-hand weapon combat game. Um, there, it's not just swords. There's, you know, double sword, sword and shield, axes, what have you. Um, and the focus is really on those one versus one encounters. Um, the smartest, coolest, best thing about For Honor is when you have two people facing off in in a duel. Um, you hold the one of the triggers in to stay focused on the person, and then your right stick controls both blocking and the direction of the uh, uh, attacks you want to make. So if you see the person that you're fighting with, the, uh, you, you see their directions too. So you can see if they're about to attack from the left, the, the top or the right, and you can block in kind. Um, but that's also where they're blocking. So if you want to attack them, you want to do it in a different direction. So if you're blocking, was, you want to match What was that boxing them. game, Fight Night? Or yeah, that's or, not a bad yeah. That's right? not. It's kind of like that. That's it's not like Battlefield bad. One meets Fight Night. <laughs> Justin, do you mind if I throw one other thing in? Uh, please, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it feels to me, uh, and I love this game, but like Bushido Blade extrapolated to a modern blockbuster. No, like, yeah, for it, sure. Like and, it's that level of focus on like the import of individual moves, like being able to really devastate enemies and in turn be devastated by some ill-timed uh blocks and uh, there's also parries if you if you do a strong attack at the same time you're blocking you can parry there's throws uh you can break break uh your enemy's block um and and so it, it becomes very there, there's definitely like a strategic element to it um in, in the combat and the combat like the one-on-one um combat is really the best part of it and they extrapolate it in some interesting ideas there's uh, one fight, for example, where um, you, while you're fighting the main guy, he is sending wolves after you that you have to block at the same time while you're attacking him. And blocking the attacks from the wolves get, gives you a chance to attack them and, and thin their ranks out some. Um, so that stuff is, is all really neat in, in the single-player campaign. The story is a little, I would say, threadbare. But, you know, it's it's functional. Um, in multiplayer, it, it's really interesting, and I, re- I have really mixed feelings about it, because that mechanic extrapolated out is you, you start to understand why um, multiplayer and shooting has been tied together uh, as, as often as it has. Because multiplayer with the sword combat, 
is in some instances it works great. There's a, like a capture the flag kind of mode, um, or I guess more specifically, sort of zone control. Um, and if you run to the zone where there is one person guarding it, and it's you versus them, and whoever wins is going to take control of the of the zone. That's very cool. Um, but I, I feel like just as often for me, it was it, because the combat is balanced in the way it is. There's no surprise attack. There's no, like, you're not going to really get, if two people come after you, you're pretty much done. I mean, you're, yeah. you're maybe if you were super duper crazy skilled, um, in which case, you know, you would hope you would be paired against people who are similarly skilled. But like, if you, if, if, if two people come after you at the same time, it is completely unenjoyable because, because you they, essentially can't see where they're blocking or right right you can only track like one person at a time right so right. you can you yeah. can theoretically fight one person all day long but if you the second you have two you can't track where the other person's attacking from so it's completely luck of the draw um you know but what that's it, like what real life baby just, okay just um, like fair enough life. Um, there's some interesting meta stuff layered on top of the the pvp um you choose a faction be it uh, knight, Viking, or Samurai, and those three factions are vying for control of the world. When you win, you get resources that you can use to sort of buffer uh, uh, your faction's uh, forces in a certain area. And winning those modes, you know, gives you more forces, so you can try to attack areas that your enemy control. And then at the end of a season, uh, which I think is like ten weeks, then uh, you whichever faction is doing the best, the people in that faction get uh, better rewards. And I guess there's going to be an ongoing, they say the world will be forever changed by the, the events of each season. So I guess mm. there'll be some impact to some ongoing narrative after those yeah. 10 weeks, there's an off season period and then it starts back up again. Um, but I, 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 for me, uh, my experience, I played like the entire first campaign. I played the, the Knights campaign and then I hopped into multiplayer, which is actually kind of fun because you have the, to 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 be able to do multiplayer at all. You have to beat your faction leader um, just to get in, which is sort of a way of just putting you through your paces to make sure you're you you can hang. But for every time that I had a really cool one on one with somebody, I had an equally unenjoyable and infuriating two on one, which is just always yeah. always miserable. And I don't know there what the solution to that is. There is a one on one mode though, right? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. That is definitely a mode, and there's like traditional deathmatching and stuff. It feels the best r parallel I can draw is like it. It has that sort of Assassin's Creed kind of thing of oh wow, there's some really it, you guys really laid down the groundwork of some interesting mechanics here, but there are just some big, big caveats I, I think that that did not get uh, worked out for this for this one. Yeah. I I am genuinely excited about it as an eSport um, for the reasons that you mentioned, because it is punishing when you get those two-on-one situations. So I'm really excited to see what that looks like as a team game. And also, it has a thing going for it that, I, I mean, next to no games, I think, have outside of something even like Street Fighter, which is the language is immediately uh, readable. Like, even if you don't play the game communicating like how the defense versus offense works in the game is pretty easy to understand uh with a quick first impression so i think i think it's gonna i hope it'll stream really well and that it'll be an interesting uh game to actually watch more so than a lot of games of that ilk and also because 
everybody does essentially have to get in close combat, it it centers the action in a way that sometimes shooters don't. Uh, where it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to really tell what all is going on on the battlefield at one time. It is really um, cool. One of the cool facets of that is that um, you can call for help at any point on the battlefield and a, a map indicator pops up. Um, and because the pace is slower than it would be with a shooter, you actually can make a, you know, a judgment on like, well, I could probably get over there and definitely like turn the tide of that mm-hmm. fight. Like I would be a big asset because basically if there's two of us, that person's going to die. So like, do I have time to get over there and, and actually make a difference? And that's cool because that never happens in a, in a, uh, a shooter. It's just the, the action moves too quickly. So that, yeah, that is interesting. Russ, did you play for honor? I did. I played it briefly. I I played like for 20 minutes or so. So I, I, you know, I get the idea and I, and I really appreciate the riskiness of it. Like it is a risky game. Um, and I think artistically, like it looks really cool. What really put me off of it, weirdly enough, was the UI. Um, even though I agree with Plant that it's like very clear what's going on, it's like very bright and very like e- esportsy, like ESPN or like a lot of like bright, super colorful overlays. Yeah, and I found that like really took me out of what was going on because the scenes themselves are like look like very gritty, realistic like war scenes, but it's like this like Rocket League presentation which is just so bizarre to me and i kind of found that off-putting yeah i i know exactly what you said the the language that is used to describe this game um on the back of the box was not like join an epic fantasy battle between knights and samurai it's like a, a lot of it esports type language uh about yeah. you know different move sets and and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's definitely yeah. like that's the focus um if you how, get into hey, it, I could definitely yeah. How how bad are the kills? Is it how much? How <laughs> is it buckets of guts when you cut There's, them up? If you finish a and if you kill somebody with a heavy attack, it gives you the option to execute them. Mm. Um, which if you do that, you like it's like like a big flourish. You chop their head off or something. Pull all their bones back. out. Um, pull all their pull all their bones out. If I had worked on the game, I would have let you do that. <laughs> just pull their bones off their body yeah D-bone. like a le- like mo- that like it's funny like when they do mm-hmm. it in Mortal Kombat it's like funny and like I play other games and it's like they don't let you like, like pull their bones out or anything and it's like or, let like, me turn just them into a baby you're turning like, into a baby, baby you're just like pull their guts out of their butt it, anyway so. I, if, pe- if people get really deep into <laughs> it I could see it having legs I could also see this mm-hmm. be- sort of being the sort of game where I, I will say this I've had trouble f- matching even now on PS4, I've had trouble matching with people who are comparable skill to me. Um, I think if they continue with this game, it, if you want to play it, I would start now. Because I Is think it's the sort like, of game where, like, if in three weeks, in a month, the people that are still playing it are going to be absolutely savage. Like By I, comparable skill, do you just mean, like, they're much better than you? Um, the, the ranking. I mean, also, yes, by extension. Yeah. But also the, the ranking. I also think... Uh, competitive fighting people already seem to have an advantage i've seen a few people i follow on twitter who do street fighter posting like 97 percent uh kill but i guess it's not like a kd ratio there but like 97 to 2 like just absurd numbers um after playing it for like a weekend um so yeah i have a feeling that it might even be a little too late (laughs) unless you are really into that hardcore thing well, the maps are small. Like, it's only, what, 4v4, right? 
Yeah, and there's cool ideas in that the the map that you play on is um, dictated by where the front of the fight is between your faction and the other faction. So like those are the maps that you play where the battle is actually like taking place in the, mm-hmm. the metagame, which is kind of an, a neat idea. Yeah, but with 4v4, at that point, if you have two people on there, they're like pretty good, you're, you're toast at that point. Like they're just going to work together and just like annihilate maybe a bunch of like randos that are playing together on the other side. Uh, yeah, if there's, if you have any sort of coordination or teamwork, like absolute brutality, I, I think yeah, it would be. And I don't know that you can't really blame them for that necessarily, although it does speak to like maybe they shouldn't match make teams against solo players. But I know, like, Rainbow Six is the same way at this point, where, like, it's so coordinated yeah. that there's really no... Like, if you don't know what you're doing, you you are effed. Like, I you think, might as well be standing still. I think the push in multiplayer lately um, for, for a lot of the big franchises has been towards making... Letting everyone have the feeling that they are contributing, even if they're not the best skill-wise. I think you saw that mm-hmm. in Titanfall, definitely, in, obviously, in Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Um, and I... And I, I this is not that game. Yeah. If, yeah. if you can't beat someone in a fight, then you are a drain on the team. Yeah. I want to I want to come back to this game in like 6 months because I think it is something that would be worth at least checking back in on. I'm reminded of you mean mentioned Rainbow Six, but Siege was like a fine game when it launched. It felt like the same thing of like people are already pretty good at it. How do you join? And now it is like an entire esports scene. I mean, yeah. it's crazy what they've done with that game. Um, and I kind of am curious if they'll do something here where we could check in on it before the end of the year and it's basically a different game altogether. I would be surprised if it maintains an audience, but I could be. But that's wrong. what people said about Siege. Like it had nobody on the servers at first and now it's yeah. crowded. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest that might sound too good to be true i have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments i have and it's worked which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile their wireless plans, there is no catch. 
$15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Um, halftime is here. Boom, boom. And um, a lot of people are just buzzing about halftime. Just really excited to, to know what the boys are going to get into this time. <laughs> Whose butts are they going to rip out? No, you don't rip the butts out. You rip the guts out of the butts. I have this whole design document, and I've sent it. I thought I'd send it to pretty much everybody at this point. But <laughs> do you guys want to talk about Excel. the switch? Do you guys want to talk about the switch again? Because that's just getting no. funnier and funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this about the Switch. People are, I, I can't, every fucking day I wake up to 40 tweets from people saying, oh, the case mm. is so much bigger than the game cartridge. Hey, dummies, do you want a fucking game case that's like the size of a of a postage stamp? Really, think, really stamp think about what you're saying, dumb dumb. That game case is, is the perfect example of like weird game blog stuff where it's like, Three years ago, game cases, they don't have the the feel that they used to have. They're so flimsy. And where's my instructions? And then like a year later, it's like, I can't believe they came with a piece of paper. They're wasting paper. And now it's they're too big? I, Andy Rooney's had enough. <laughs> the cool thing about the Switch game cases is even though they're pretty big, consider that mm. you can put all one game that you're going to be playing on the Switch in that case. So it should fit. Wow. Wow. Zelda and Snipperclips. That's two. Step to <laughs> Snipperclips is not a launch game. It's not? It's not out what? yet. I think what? it is, right? I don't think it is. Oh I my god, just stop the stop the podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm editing this out. Wink. Snipperclips <laughs> podcast. I just <coughs> Snipperclips podcast. There is one though. There is a Snipperclips podcast. This game has it, a lot of buzz. It says it's due for in March twenty seventeen. Though I don't yeah. see a specific date. I don't think it's an actual launch game. I think it's just Just Dance, Zelda, and some other garbage. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Not to generalize. What about 1-2 Switch? Oh, yeah, 1-2 Switch is Does that silence everybody? Oh, my gosh. I kind of want to... I mean, 1-2 Switch, I don't know, man. You played it here or not? You've tugged tugged on that invisible T. You you love that shit. 1-2 Switch, there are ads on... I, I've seen ads in the mass media for One Two Switch, and it is like, it, it is everything short of a, a Nintendo executive like popping his head up from the bottom of the screen, like, huh? Remember? <laughs> huh? Well, we Remember? should also say like maybe this is pulling back the curtain a bit, but like Nintendo one hundred percent is not going to give us that game early. Uh, they are working with some main, mainstream outlets that will like. So we could have, they could have a, I guess, a review or something out right when the Switch launches. But like, we definitely will not. And I they, think a big reason is because they, they know yeah. that anyone who's played a video game 
will not be super interested they in want they this they want the switch to be so synonymous with zelda almost in the way that um old people in 1987 called the nintendo entertainment system mario plug your mario into the tv and let's spool that red man up um let's spool up that that good red-hatted plumber boy um come on oh no you unplugged the mario and the game died like this is that is essentially what they want they want what? you to think of this as your your portable portable zelda it is a very convincing argument from Nintendo's perspective, right? Like a Zelda is a huge sell, and your only counter to that is, well, I could. What if people could just buy it on Wii U, and then Nintendo could say, "Oh, nobody bought one of those." Don't worry, that <laughs> Don't worry. that's We're not safe. going to happen. I, I saw a quote from a GameStop executive. He was like, "Oh yeah, the attach rate on the Switch is way higher. People are definitely buying game for this thing." <laughs> like <laughs> with the Wii U, it came with a packing game, which was arguably the best launch game there was. And then no games for I like quite a while. U. I like Zombie U better, but that's fine. Zombie U is a really a good. Game? Yeah, Zombie U is a really good implementation sure. of the and, and, of the and hardware. Millions of people bought it. No, oh, it, wait, no, they didn't. It I didn't don't think. It. I mean, like, you don't have a point that sales don't mean quality, Russ. Oh, you're been, right, but I, I think it is funny that he's talking about the attach rate when no one bought any games for the Wii U. So of course there was. A, like, I'm trying to remember. The first Wii U game. I mean, Nintendo Land was pretty sick. Right, and that was a pack-in. It was a pack-in, though. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Cannot recall. There was like a Mario... There was a Mario game at launch. It was the new Super Mario Brothers side-scrolling game that wasn't very good. No, uh, it wasn't, was it? No. No, it wasn't. It was It was a poop. It, it was B-tier. <sighs> B-tier. Uh, anything else we want to talk about in this very, very negative... Very Is there anything anybody's excited about right now? Mm. Mm. Uh, we're going to mm. GDC. Mm-hmm. Anything at GDC? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going. No. Yeah. No. You're I'm not gonna. Home. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, yeah. Ether. Hey, fun. hey, we could talk about something. This is something we could talk about that is a little bit old, but I think it's been since the last time I recorded. E3 uh, opened the public. We guys. No. Yeah. What do you mean? No. I think that's it's whatever. Yeah, no. I think it's fine. I, I, it's a, a scam. It is kind like, of yes. here's here's the thing we should you know who we should, we should get is Travis McElroy because he went to E3 last year and Justin and I got to hang out with him um, a little bit. I mean, obviously we're super 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 busy whenever we're um, whenever we're there. Wait, it wasn't last year, was it, Juice? When did no, we hang out with Travis at E3? I guess maybe it two, was two years, years ago because I wasn't there. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, yeah, and like Travis, it was his first time going, and he was so disappointed because it was like, what did you yeah. do? He's like, well, I. Uh, stood in line to watch a video of Mafia 3 and the line <laughs> took an hour and a half and the video was eight minutes long. Um, yeah. It's interesting because I could see from the organizer's perspective uh, as somebody who I, I have not been, I did not go to the most recent one, but the one before that I could say pretty authoritatively, well, there was some room. <laughs> there was room for yeah. uh, additional uh, humans, I would say. Yeah. Their um, room wasn't even the issue. Like as Griffin said, like the more and more every year they take more and more away from the floor, like playability yes. wise. Like so, they just are not stations. Yeah, if you're you imagining like an E3 where at every booth there's just row upon row of that's PAX machines, is what you're thinking of. PAX is right. what you're thinking. I will say this: Sony is usually pretty good about yeah, laying so, out. So yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk about like realistically because I, I, there may be some people who secured some tickets to this thing who listen to this podcast. What what to expect? So like Nintendo, there's um. It's gonna be tough to get into Nintendo, but if you oh can't, oh my gosh, wait, shit. sorry, 
Do you think they're going to tie Nintendo Switches to young women again? Oh, oh my God, God, I hope not. Uh, it's so be they did that in the past with the 3DS. Right. I think it'll be an awkward E3 for Nintendo because they're thing will be out already it could potentially be all their games it it could be a potentially triumphant e3 for nintendo if they fucking show up with like any surprises because at that point like i i will be watching nintendo very intently because i have just spent money on their thing and i would like there to be more stuff on it thank you because at that point i think i will have 100 percent at zelda and uh i'm ready for ready for fresh meat all they need to do is just have Mario playable and people be over the moon yeah. excited. Like, um, yeah. that's it. That's Sony does great. Sony has, like, rows. Sony yeah. really does have rows and rows of, like, pretty much all their shit. Like, big first-party things that they announce at the show, You'll that's mostly going to be for press up in the up in the. Well, and there's second. lines. You could, like, wait in line for a little demo, little booth Yes, but, the, but there's lots of, like, uh, they have a ton of indie games yeah. like tons and tons and tons like uh we happy few was playable i think in their booth maybe in microsoft microsoft more and more is becoming more like this too where you can just go play basically any xbox one game that uh was talked about at the show most third-party companies um capcom is pretty good about letting you play stuff uh square enix is actually pretty good about letting you play stuff but a Bethesda lot of- has a lot of statues that you can get photos <laughs> yeah that's the other like pretty much most most other companies are come sit in our dark theater um ea is the worst about this i feel like like come sit yeah. in our dark theater for a while oh you're excited about the sims 4 come sit in this dark theater wait in line for 45 minutes come watch our uh you know eight minute long presentation and then get the fuck out of here um i think if you're there for you live in la and you're there for a day i don't think it's the worst thing but no i just set expectations I mean, like, to low and assume that you're not going to see the things that you actually want to see the thi- if yeah. you if, if you do want to see like the playable things that are there and actually playable um it's like it's like an amusement park. You're gonna like to if you want to ride the big ride, like you are going to ride fewer rides throughout the day because you are going to be waiting in a lot of lines. And um, broadly speaking, don't expect there to be like good and bad times to get in the line. Just get in the line and and hang on for dear life because and you also will be re- recognize that there is a second E3 happening um, on like a, well, there's several E3s happening, but the 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 uh, there is a judges E3. And judges, are, it's the it's uh, judges. What? I think it's the dump. What can we that not? Doesn't talk- really happen anymore. I mean, it sort of does, but not really anymore. I mean, there it used to. Yes, there are. There are like um, there are events. There are things that like I, a press person, have shown up um, to like uh, uh, appointments at E3, and it's like, oh, you're not a judge for Polygon, so uh, you can only watch us play this. You can't actually play it. But there, there is, there are other strata of like, <laughs> like. There's another strata of accessibility to this stuff where, like, yeah, if you're a a judge, if you're a judge, then you can play Breath of the Wild. Just come on upstairs and just come play it. So, like, there's there's there is like another layer that is or if you're Kanye. Right. There is another layer that is like what you want, which is like, oh, I actually want to go and play all the games. Well, one last bit of advice before we move on to our next game. Uh, don't eat at the Galaxy Cafe. Oh, I mean, my God. They go across the street. There's food trucks. It'll be fine. Don't eat. The ga- you're going to pay $12 for a slice of bruschetta, and it's no, a no bueno. Do go not across the street. Not you gotta, eat, go to the fucking. You got to layer on top of that. Go to the Devolver Street Party and get, like, some 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 street food and, like, play Is some. Is open to the public though i'm pretty sure yeah get get also get coffee before you go because the line for the starbucks at the convention center is it's a disaster is utter lunacy um uh, let's talk about can i do yeah. my game because i don't want to end on my game because i feel like i'm going to be kind of an anticlimactic presenter uh, yes. is that is your game neo get it it is neo yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I will stay. Um, I have, and I'm not, I'm not uh, complaining, but I have about one hour of gaming time throughout the week. I used to, I used to play um, games all day and night, uh, all day because I wasn't doing psh, 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 secret. I wasn't doing a lot of work at work, um, and now I do very much work at work, making all the great video content that the that the people crave. Um, and at night, I am hanging out with my with my family, um, and so I just don't have that much time. So I have not played a lot of Neo, but I really like it, and I it is something I'm uh, I'm gonna gonna return to. I think I put um, some good time into. I put about six hours in. That's a, that's about what I've done. So Neo is uh, it's a Dark Souls, and I feel like that's a pretty uh, ubiquitous comparison, maybe a lazy comparison, but fucking holy shit, it's a, it's Dark Souls uh, by way of Team Ninja, and I I really think that's all you kind of need to know. Like imagine a uh, something with like the speed and uh, combo focus and um really punishing nature of of uh of of like a ninja gaiden game um and then sort of layer on top of that a structure that is very dark souls where you have um checkpoints that you can rest at to level up and spend the souls uh which in this game is called amrita um that that you have acquired while playing uh but if you die you drop all of it but you have one chance to go get it um and every time you do hit up one of those shrines to pause and level up all of the enemies respawn and so there's always something like there's always things to At fight. At this point is this like a not another teen movie situation where there's just like um, like how do you think what is his name Miyazaki who created uh, Dark Souls? Yeah. What do you think he thinks? I don't know. I don't know. You think he's pissed? I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's here's like a, really close. It's, it's like ex- it's extremely fucking dark. Like yes, absolutely. Um but I don't think that's necessarily like I, 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 there are like 15 major structural things that it apes from Dark Souls. Um, but like at this point, like I feel like so many of those things are so ubiquitous. Like for action RPGs, they are so ubiquitous that like it, that Dark Souls is like maybe the most important game franchise of the last decade. Like I cannot think of anything that has so completely transformed like how an entire what like our expectations of an entire genre are this just happens to be one of those games that is like really really pretty pretty identical um but because of that like uh team ninja ninja gaiden aspect to it it feels like totally different um Mm -hmm. yeah so on top of all of that like good tried and true action rpg stuff that this game borrows from uh borrows from the soul series you have uh, really, really fast combat using uh, several different weapon specializations. Uh, the game is set in the uh, Sengoku era of like uh, like Nobunaga and uh, all that stuff. So there's like a, a, a historical aspect to it, but like it will be giving you sort of characters from Sengoku history, but then also one of them will have a magic cat spirit mm-hmm. um, that they use to like cast spells and shit. Um, but all all of the weapons are like um, uh, you know katanas, or you can do uh, dual katanas. Uh, there are spears. Uh, there's like a chain sai weapon. You can use uh, bows and flintlock rifles. Um, and there are different specializations and different skills that you can unlock for each weapon class. Um, and one of the really cool thing, the, the two like sort of defining features of combat is there are multiple stances. 
um, that you can change between at will, and each one has different moves and different combos and different skills uh, for each of the different weapon categories. So you can come at an enemy with like a high uh, katana stance to try and like just go really, really uh, slow and aggressive, but those moves cost a lot of energy. Or you can go low, which is a really good fast defensive uh, position to be in. Or you can go sort of medium, which is better for like taking on multiple enemies at once because it's a lot of sweeping attacks. Um, the whole time you have to be managing your key, which is very uh, much like stamina in it a Souls stamina. game. It is stamina. Um, uh, but you can uh, do what's called a key burst. Uh, pulse, where I think. Key pulse. Key, uh, yeah, key pulse. <laughs> where, Justin's on, uh, yeah, Justin's pulse. On, on point. Um, where after you do an attack, you can time out pressing the R1 button. Uh, it's a PS4 exclusive. You press the R1 button, and you will recover a, a portion of your key much faster. Um, and you basically have to do that if you want to live. Um, and it really requires you to like uh, combo your shit together and do everything with uh, basically flawless timing. Uh, there are also some other benefits, like you can combo out of a key pulse into other things. There are yokai, which are um, not the adorable versions of um, Japanese folklore ghosts uh, that you would see in a yokai watch, but like really fucking bits. Uh, like scary ass demons that are really, really powerful that generate these zones that they, when they're standing in them, they uh, are empowered by them. You can use a key pulse to like uh, get rid of those. My favorite thing about the game is how it handles um, uh, magic, uh, which, uh, and uh, what's the other, there are ninjutsu skills that you can get as well. Um, and whenever you unlock those using the skill points that you earn by, um, uh, not by leveling up, you do get those points by leveling up, but you can also get them just by doing the shit. So like if you use your sword and fight a lot, you will get points that you can unlock combat abilities with. Um, you use those to unlock, uh, spells in this game are kind of just like guaranteed item summons that you will have every time you go to a shrine. So instead of getting like, um... I, I haven't unlocked a like ranged attack spell yet. I don't even know if there's anything like that in the game. But you will you can uh, unlock skills that every time you rest at a shrine, you will start out with like two fire talismans that you can use on your sword, and then all of a sudden your sword has like a fire element on it, and it's just guaranteed. Or you can get one that let you uh, spawn with seven kunai uh, or sh- uh, shuriken that you can use to. Uh, or shuriken that you can use to like attack enemies at range or like little blinding bombs that you can throw down. Um, and so like, it's an interesting approach to inventory. Like I always struggle with games that require you to like be judicious about inventory. Cause I never, I'm always too prudent with it. And I feel like I like reached the end of the game with an inventory stuff full of stuff that would have been way more fun to use had I been playing. And this game kind of circumvents that with these systems where just like you spawn in and guaranteed you have all of these fun toys to play around with because it is how you um, have decided to spec. The one thing I was going to say that kind of put me off to it. I've, uh, first of all, I'm not like a huge fan just like I guess of that time period, I don't know. I've seen a lot of games in that time period and it just like doesn't grab me super well, but like that's a taste thing I totally appreciate. The one thing that kind of put me off was that unlike Dark Souls, uh, this follows the model of Ninja Gaiden insofar as like the levels are discrete levels. Like they do not interact with one another. They do not interconnect. There's not like one giant map. And that kind of bummed me out in the sense that like I didn't feel like I had as much uh, ownership of the world, I guess you could say. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I, it, it's weird. You you play for a long time before you actually get to that point where you can op- unlock the open world. Um, you have to beat a pretty rough boss uh, before you, you get to that point. And for me, it was honestly where I kind of lost interest. I was really enjoying... The combat is really fun, and also it's in a way... In a way, it's harder than Dark Souls. I think like enemies tend to hit harder, and I think there's a lot more to keep in your head at any one given time in terms of different stances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's also more forgiving when you die. Um, you, you, dying returns you to a, uh, a shrine, but it, it it just doesn't it doesn't hurt as bad. You lose your your. Uh, I, I'm not going to call them soul, you know, souls. You lose your souls, yeah. basically, <laughs> souls. to to continue the parlance. But it doesn't it doesn't hurt in the same way. Um, it's it's more forgiving, I think. Um, in, in that perspective, the problem that I had with it, honestly, is that it just, especially once you get to that point where you unlock the open world, it just bogs down with systems so hard, like just system upon system. Like especially when it comes to weapons and weapon management, there's like. Durability. Loot is a disaster in general. It's it's a nightmare. There's familiarity with each weapon that is not particularly well explained. And then you can deconstruct weapons, but you can also inherit the abilities from one weapon into a new weapon. And then you can craft weapons with those weapons. Like it. And then uh, armor has a lot of like, uh, there, there are different versions of armor pieces. So you really have to like, you can't tell at a glance if the, if something is better or worse. You really have to like dig in and look at the numbers and see um, if it's if it's an improvement for you or not. How much do you think is like just because you're familiar with Dark Souls and the terminology for things? Like when Dark Souls came out, no one knew what the hell right. like humanity was, for example. Like, well, yeah, know. but like I'm some I I am fairly familiar with with the Soul series, and it and I found it like inscrutable it almost feels like they were trying to layer things uh, like they were trying to layer on differentiators um that it did that were like not necessary because the core game is it's really fucking tight but really it's really good and it also i'm with russ in a sense that the the having discrete levels i think removes a sense of like when you play a souls game the really the only time you can breathe is when you're at a at a at a bonfire, then right. you can like okay, take a breath, re-examine, you know, take a second, and then you're right back out in it, and that's the only respite you get. Um, it really does break the intensity, I think, a little bit to like you finish the level and then you get and a well, ranking on the level, and then you and know. the and the surprise of it, where like you're on you're in this old pirate colony and you beat the boss there and you like go through a tunnel and all of a sudden you're in a fucking volcano and it's like whoa what. You don't yeah. get that. You don't get that transition, really. I, I would also say there is a huge difference, and this maybe isn't that different from Dark Souls, but there is a huge difference between um, the different weapons and and what you can do. I had one boss that I tried, the first boss actually, that I tried probably fifteen times to beat with uh, dual swords and um, I think a single sword which was the the two, you can have sort of two weapon combos at any one given time, but you put a lot of your resources into how good you are at those weapons. Well, you, that's what you sort of spend your upgrades on. There's like the the skill upgrades, but there's also upgrading your proficiency with weapons and giving new new abilities. Um, and those are all from the same resource pool. So you really have to pick weapons and specialize in them. Um, and the, the first boss, I tried and tried and tried and tried with my weapon combo. The first time I tried with an ax, was just really slow and hits really hard. I beat him the first try, which 
that seems really scary to me if I'm tr on a later level and I don't have my axe abilities. You know, if I haven't point it, put any points into that, that sounds really daunting to like, well, I just don't, I'm just not good with the weapons I need to beat this boss. Um, that, that sounds really demoralizing, it, I feel like. It has made some amazing speed runs. Have you, have you watched yes. any of so, the videos? So people have already beaten the game. It took Phil 80 hours to finish the game. And there's a speed run for that game that's about an hour and a half right now. Oh my god! Yeah, and while while the guy is doing it, he's just talking through all of this. Like it's him sprinting and like reflexively playing through it, but yeah. largely just being like, "Okay, I open the menu for like five seconds, and I see this, 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 and this. How can I arrange those? Okay, I'm gonna do this with my head. No, no, no. I'm gonna use this. And then, yeah. oh yeah, I'll use this weapon and this buff. Okay. People are like, still that watching a game get routed like that is the most exciting shit. Yeah. Like, um, I, I I do want to say because I feel like we've been uh we've made it sound like a shittier version of Dark Souls, and I don't think that's um accurate. I think there's definitely some of that the big tonal stuff that Dark Souls um not only does better, but that Neo doesn't really do at all. But I will also say it is fun as fuck to play. Like the combat in the game uh is every every like fight is really meaningful and you have to be on top of your game like that that is uh very much like dark souls but like it is so fast and fluid and like just slick as hell like it just i've 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 been enjoying just like running around and fighting shit which i i haven't really gotten that fatigue that i get in dark souls where like um i oh god i've been in this area for so long and i've been fighting these same dudes and i'm just like i'm ready to i'm ready to move on god where where can i find a new weapon like i'm so exhausted with this weapon like i'm i haven't run into any of that because it's just it's really 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 fun to like run into a big group of dudes and like slice your way out of it yeah, i can i can transition to our next game off of that Do uh it. because i think uh, the game that i brought is very similar in that both studios um i feel like have been stuck on franchises that maybe have lost their glisten a long time ago uh, and then they got to make a new franchise uh, in a genre they weren't used to, and they, for like for the most part, nailed it. And yeah. mine is Horizon Zero Dawn um, from Guerrilla Games, best known for making Killzone. For popular bad franchise, Killzone. <laughs> yeah, for a decade. They, they they made those games. I, um, I, I, I interviewed some of those uh, some some of those devs during a Killzone Shadowfall event in Cologne during Gamescom, and the like joy that they that I think that was when they first started talking about like we're working on a new IP. The fucking elation that they had when like <laughs> and no joke like I wish I, I I wish I'd held on to the the interview because it was seriously like. Yeah, so uh, Killzone Shadowfall, you um, get different loadouts, and there's one that lets you see enemies through walls. And it's like, oh, okay, so what's what do you guys have? This looks pretty much done. Are you guys uh, moving on to anything next? And like, okay, so next, we can't talk about it yet, but. <laughs> yeah. I used yeah. to hear the joke that we used to, I used to hear, or maybe I said it, I don't know, but um, kill uh, maybe one of you guys did, I don't know. Uh, but Killzone fans are sort of like the Canadian girlfriend from high school. Like, oh, yeah, she exists. Yeah, no, no, no. She's real. She's definitely real. No, no, no. They're, they're out there. Somebody's buying those fucking games. Like, somebody was buying them. But I just I, I don't know anyone. about that studio is that they made a, sh a shooter, as you said, for 10 years that never felt good. Like, you could, it, it was never a, it was like never, a good It was never felt shooter. very good. I get it also confused with Resistance, although they they did make a yeah. very good Resistance. The game. third Resistance rules is very, yeah, very totally fucking totally good. Anyway, so also, Horizon. Also, secret, Killzone 3 is actually okay. Anyway, I'll drop that little nugget in there. Um, no, it, it feels like what they did was they got 
trashed for a handful of things for 10 years that were not entirely within their control because that's uh, bullshit that's true you if you have to make a franchise and you're married to the the property and all the characters within it yeah that's kind of shittiness of the franchise the story of Killzone, granted was super shitty and no one no that's not true the story in those games especially the later ones weren't terrible they were they were at least on par if not better than most shooters okay but i would say there's no explanation for how you could make a shooting game just not feel good yeah i would agree with that but like like, i I, I would say is the things that they got taken to task for over and over again was the feel of the game uh, you're stuck making generic combat. There's no color in this world. And yeah. the world itself is just not a place anybody wants to spend any time. Yes. And they were like, okay, let's do a game that uh, the thing we prioritize is fixing those things and then see where we go from there. They made Horizon is set in, I think they're calling it post-post-apocalypse, which I guess is the right way of describing it. It's the apocalypse has happened um vegetation has taken the earth back but for a reason that you learn in the game um a lot of most of the creatures are robots um it's like enslaved uh, apocalypse yeah Kinda, sure yeah. for people yeah, who played that game yeah um six people that played yeah uh rule too by the way as long as we're talking about things that ruled oh my gosh um uh and and yeah the 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 world is i mean they clearly knew how to make beautiful games if there was one thing that Killzone did well is it was like a graphical showpiece um yes. and they do that here uh it is the closest comparison is the witcher basically in terms of a beautiful rich colorful open world i'm playing um, on that i'm playing on that pro it and maybe nice. it's just because i haven't played too much stuff on the pro but it's one of the prettiest fucking games i've maybe ever played yeah for real um they they put in characters who don't get me wrong the story is not like the most amazing video game story on the planet it is for an open world game uh pretty darn great and it i i won't spoil anything but it goes at the assassin creed concept of like hey there was a society before this one and does it so much better. I mean, it just felt like they they really broke down what worked and what didn't work about Assassin's Creed's weird time-bending story and tried to fix it and did a pretty good job at coming close. Um, but most of all, like, the combat is just real nice. Um, it is a game more or less about hunting. There, there are sequences where you have to fight humans, and those are whatever. Those are um, bad. But yeah, but you start completely underpowered. Um, just walking from point A to point B is pretty dangerous, and it teaches you to be a bit stealthy. And then over the course of the game, you get all these different weapons, and it's like the reverse of what Watch Dogs 2 was for me. Where Watch Dogs 2 had this amazing premise of like, you're a hacktivist, and you have all these abilities to change the world, but then you end up using guns uh, mm-hmm. that are like the most generic guns. This is the exact opposite in that like half the weapons i used didn't have any damaging powers they would be used to like tie a beast down to the ground or trip them up or it would be a freezing buff uh to like kind of stun them so most of my loadout at any time would be all these basically how can i bring this animal down then getting close and just start stabbing it in the neck uh furiously um and it, it was it was i mean it's fantastic it's throughout 
the game, I would say probably every two hours or so, I was completely changing the way I would go about hunting because I would discover just a totally superior way than I was doing it before. Um, yeah. I, I'm uh, just on the enemies themselves. Like, I don't think I've ever seen more impressive looking enemies in a game. Like, yeah, the, the animation animals. of them is the, like creatures are fucking mind blowing. Like, so so impressive that like every little part is moving inside. Like, you could see their exoskeleton moving, and gl- like the I, battery is glowing. And the hitbox, like, the hitboxes are fucking like wild. Like, yeah. you you shoot if you shoot uh, one of the robot enemies in like their eye, it does a lot of damage. And I thought for sure, like, oh, as long as I shoot it sort of around the eye. I'll get that bone. No, you basically have to get it right in there because every other part of the thing is like something that can be pried off and like yeah. recovered as as a resource. It's really or, really or as impressive. a weapon. Like yeah. the, the later you get in the game, you start fighting these huge beasts that seem there's just no shot. And the game plan often is okay. Well, that's the biggest thing in the room. I can either learn up an ability by doing these kind of side uh, the equivalent of Assassin's Creed two missions that allows me to take over these humongous things, or I can find a way to remove the giant cannon on its back, grab it in my hands, and just start, like, wrecking house. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... I Like I said, I, I enjoyed it so much because I just felt like if, if you're into exploring different ways to go about things, it will let you do that. I, I yep. know that some people have not liked it because they found a system that worked well enough and they hammered that until the credits yeah uh, but experimenting is like the name that of the seems game. like so whack to me though it's like well yeah i mean you can play it in a boring way congratulations like you found a boring yeah. way to play you, it you, like, well, uh, good, no, no, good no, for no, you i i'm sorry no i'm gonna I, I, the onus for that shit is on the develop like i i i am definitely that type of player where um, I mentioned earlier that the, all of the human versus human stuff I've done just fucking is is really bad um, the, because you don't all, have the tools. You don't have the, the your tools. You do. You can't. You can use the tools. You can lay down like a, a bomb trap or whatever, and you can use your like lob uh, lob bombs at them or whatever. But like a hundred percent of the time, the better thing to do is run backwards, slow down time, and shoot them in the brain, killing them instantly non-stop and it is very 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 easy to do that and like i feel i honestly feel that way about mo i i have not gotten especially far in the game but like i don't think i've discovered anything as good as uh laying down a shock trap paralyzing the shit out of them and then like switching to my super high damage bow and then like shooting them in their weak points a few times and that's that's just for the the stronger enemies the weaker enemies like i will you know, either kill with stealth or just shoot them in the eye, killing them instantly. Yeah, that I, I, won't and, work and, and, in that and, second half. No, like, okay. no, it, the end of the game, I mean, it it does become more bomb-heavy, especially there's a final boss fight that is, you're going to need the, like, heavy explosives. But the trick for a lot of the animals, especially, have you even gotten to, like, flying animals? No. Yeah, once you get to that, it you have to have other techniques and it's more i just think it's like the way the the thing that to me i'm not somebody who actually does like to experiment i like to like build up a core skill set and lean on that um and kind of overpower that's the way i typically play um the thing that i think is really cool about horizon is that it keeps you on your toes by the fact that even the lowest enemy if you are not on your game they can wreck your shop like even the weakest 
enemy can t- kill at the at the beginning stages, like until your armor is upgraded and stuff. Even the weakest enemy can kill you in two or three hits. Um, so you really have to be smart about and like thinking about the situation tactically. And also, animals almost always tend to travel in large groups. So that very much is like, well, I'm if I wait into the middle of that, I'm definitely going to die. Like it is, it is going to be very bad. So I have to think tactically about how I'm going to approach it. And and unlike a lot of open world games where <clears throat> you can have the same approach over and over again, a lot of the, uh, I would say most of the encounters that I've had have felt very specific. I mean, they felt like they were designed for th- that moment. Um, there's one where, one of the early ones where you're, you're supposed to investigate this structure and there are these two gigantic, I forget what they're called, I think Snaptooth or something like that. Um, but there are these two gigantic beasts that are roaming around it. And if you piss one off, the other one is going to get pissed off too. So you really have to like lay out your traps and get ready and be prepared for it. And there's so many like fun little, one of my favorite little things is you can, um, uh, there are horse type animals that you can override, which basically lets you take control of them and turn them into a mount. Um, but they're almost always in a, a patch together. And if you override one and turn it into your mount, the other guys get pissed off at you right away and are going to try to kill you. So every time that you, it turns it into this fun little experience where you're not just rolling up and taking a horse, you're rolling up, taking a horse, and then you have to get the hell out before Mm -hmm. the other horses turn on you and try to kill you. Um, And there's a lot of little encounters like that that are, that are a ton of fun. It it is fun to try to break it too. There's uh, these cauldron missions essentially culminate with, boss battles more or less uh but you can trigger them so it allows you to kind of prepare the room beforehand and with one of them i i I should find this screenshot and share it with y'all but i laid i don't know probably 30 traditional traps and then like another 20 trip lines so the screen was just covered um (laughs) and then like woke it up and just shot it in the eye and waited for it to come to me um and like it it's it's just so fun oh. to like play with the game. It's a thing that I my beef with Assassin's Creed is I I feel like I'm weirdly limited most of the time, and there are so many tools in this to kind of like make the fun if you want to. I really love also the one of the reasons that I'm always put off from games that have like really rich systems of combat is that they're almost always. Um, like resource scarcity dictates how often you can do them. So I'm always hesitant. It's like that old, like I didn't use my potions because I was waiting for the right time. And I finished the game with 99 potions. Like I, I, you don't run into that with this game because you can make all your ammo basically on the fly. And if you've been smart about collecting resources at all, like you have the stuff that you need to make them, but you do need to make them. And, but when I mean on the fly, I mean, literally you can be in midair like fashioning an arrow so that you well so fashioning you the fashioning arrow. 10 arrows at a time yeah, like, it's fashioning yeah. 10 it's arrows very at a time, so you have the arrow that you need that is one thing but that does tie to my one sort of uh big complaint with the game is there is a lot of picking up stuff like there is a lot of looting um i mean you can't walk five feet without seeing a tree you can harvest or a plant that you need for medicine or a plant you need for wax or whatever. And every enemy expedited later on plant. Um, there are perks that can like make it so you pull more from those things. Yeah. Um, I, it didn't bother me too much because at least it didn't do the kind of, uh, far cry thing where it's like, 
we want to make sure that you see an animation for it. Um, yeah. You can kind of do it on the move, but I, I, I still don't know why in these games you can't just walk over the bodies and get everything. I feel, I feel like resource it, it management com- is an issue. It's yeah, a, there's stuff like that. Like when you do get the mount, right? You're as you're riding, you're passing by a bunch of resources. So it's like it makes it a lot less pleasurable to ride somewhere when you know, like, oh man, I'm passing up. Even if you don't need them at that exact moment, I don't know when I'm going to want to make, you know. 20 shock traps or whatever yeah. so I, that's, I, need, that's, I feel like i should be picking up the stuff i was, room for it i, I never I, pitched, I never really had an issue with that though because i feel like you just always had stuff i was pitched on this game as uh, oh griffin you like the monster hunter games uh this is basically like that but like this is this is just another game i feel like we talked about a lot of games this week that just have really bad um inventory problems where i don't i don't know like uh, when half the shit that i pick up is like oh more desert glass I, I don't know what that's let me go check oh i can only sell this like well why didn't they just drop why didn't they just drop you know rubies why didn't i why didn't they just drop you know the yeah. the zinni the zinni i need for some of those things are cool though because you'll pick up ancient chimes mm-hmm. and if you look at the image it's a set of car keys and stuff like that which no, is no like that's cool action. and like the, the artifacts that are the ancient vessels that are all a bunch of coffee cups like there's there's really really cool um, you should just be able to sell it from the menu then well, yeah, my, right, bigger, right, yeah, yeah, sure. my, my bigger problem is with gear in that, like, everything is, there's so much of it, and it is so, um, some of it is incremental, but frustratingly, like, some of it isn't, so, like, you'll spend a bunch of money buying this uh, blue quality sling, and it's like, fuck, yeah, new sling, and then the very next vendor you get to is like, oh, well, he's got a way doper purple quality sling, and I actually need that one to launch shock bolts um, cause th- mine only does frost and explosion bolts. So, um, well, fuck, I just spent all my money on this now already like outclassed sling. Well, shit, this makes me not want to mods into it. You put, you put your, your mods into uh, it. To yeah. It, and those, if, you can't get those back either. That's it. That's it. Like you put, you get, you can collect mods in this game that have like stat bonuses for your shit. But once you install them, you can't, you can't pop them out unless you get a very end game, um, <coughs> uh, a, a very far down perk. And it's like, at that point, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what this, I don't. I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to upgrade anything. I don't want to spend any of my money on anything because I, I, now I've had like a few experiences where I buy some shit and then fucking 14 minutes later, I find a better thing that I wish I'd saved it, my money for. And now you, all my good it also, on my, it also has one of my pet peeves, which is situational armor, which uh, like my plea to game developers, please, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to put on my special <laughs> sneaky armor when I'm going to be sneaking. And I'm not going to put on my special corruption armor when I'm going to be fighting corruption enemies. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak and then I'm going to fight them. And I'm not going to change my armor mid-fight. Please, just like let me feel like I'm wearing the better armor rather no, than wondering like, Link oh, I should have my like other blue one. blue armor when he's swimming and stuff. Come on. You do that. Um, yeah. No. Uh, it's – it's it's it, I. I'm not as in love with this game as everybody is, and it makes me feel like I'm a bad person because I no. recognize it's a it's a very good game, but uh, the shine has come so fucking far off the open world Apple for me, and honestly, it actually makes me scared that I might not enjoy the next Zelda game. Like I that that thought keeps me up at night. Oh um, man! But but it's just like it's it's I don't feel like I am getting more powerful. I don't feel like my uh like my the, my, my process of playing the game has changed significantly from the first two hours 
of playing the game. And so what I'm left with is this experience where I I don't feel like my character, my uh, routine, my play style or or anything is evolving. And so now I'm just like left with this gigantic open, I'm left with it. Let me, you're left with this gigantic open world that like, I am now less interested to explore because I just don't like, I don't, I don't see how running into this camp of bandits and killing everybody in there is going to really feel any different from like going and killing this big, big hunt that will give me what, like a horn I can spend on a bow that will be not as good as the bow that I can buy 15 minutes later. Like I have serious, serious structural problems with this game. I think that's totally fine. How, where are you at in it? Um, I mean, I'm not super far. I'm like, I'm about, uh, six or seven hours in, I want to say. There's, there's, I mean, this is like the worst, most annoying thing, but there is. Oh, it really unlocks around 15. I, there's, there's a city that you get to when you actually get to the open world. Like the game essentially, it looks like an open world, but it, it expands to do all of these things where you learn all the skills when you get to the main city, which is annoying because it is pretty long before you get there. It's just a lot of this is my own preference these days because I really don't I don't have that much time to play games anymore. And this used to be my jam. Like if you had asked me in 2010, Griffin, what's your favorite type of game? It's like big ass action RPGs that you can like spend 100 hours playing and MMOs that you can like just spend a thousand hours playing and like that's that that's fine but like i the the games i play now are a games i can play with one hand and b games that are like nice um games that are like efficient with with how with, with time and I, yeah. I i horizon may very well be a very good game it's just like i have no stomach for i i look at a, a far off point in the no pun intended horizon and i just think like well, it's gonna take me like 10 minutes to get there i i I'd rather go play another game that, like, in 10 minutes, I can go beat a level or something. <laughs> this is I hilarious think, to me because I feel like we switched sides. Like, it feels like we did. We Friday. absolutely did. Yeah, I, 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 see, I, I just disagree because I think the moment-to-moment stuff in Horizon is so fun. Like, yeah. I just, I like doing it. Like, it, if I run into a herd of enemies, I don't think, like, uh drudgery. I think, like, oh, cool. Uh-oh, shit, I really wandered into this one. I got to, on the fly, figure out how to get out of this. Um, I also want to give a quick uh, rec- uh, thumbs up or whatever to um, Ashley Birch plays the oh, uh, yeah. the main character and her performance is really nicely like especially for this kind of game her performance is really nicely understated she has a lot of like uh, as with any open world game a lot of talking to herself etc and it never feels grating it always feels like very pleasant and comes from a very sort of realistic place. It, it never feels It's funny like, you say uh, that because I literally didn't notice her talking to herself. Yeah, it's not like in Tomb Raider. It's not like in Tomb Raider where Laura Croft's like, okay, Laura, you got to pull this rebar out of your spleen. And it's like, why are you <laughs> saying that? Just do it. Just pull the rebar out of your spleen. She makes a, a interesting in-world remarks that give it a, a bit more color. Like if she picks up a, a, a shock root, like I heard her say like, ugh, it's sticky. Like, oh, that, that's an interesting, like, w- way of communicating one of the senses that I don't normally get while playing a video game. Um, and like her an interactions Uncharted, with the Uncharted stuff does that. And her char- interactions with the characters, the other characters, especially are like, even though she is the bat, like, clearly and demonstrably the baddest ass person in the world over and over again. And she'll do badass things in front of people. The attitude never becomes like. Yeah, I right. did that. I'm. Uh, it's never like ego maniacal. It's always can, really nicely un- uh, understated. Can I give a minor spoiler? I won't say the name of any of the characters or where this falls. It's just a really good moment. I'm gonna say it. You can yes. delete it if you want. 
Um, there is a moment. You know that, right? What? I will not be doing that. Okay. Will not be doing. I really don't think this is like a huge thing. There is a moment where a very powerful man is into her and like makes a pass on her, and it's not appropriate at that time. Um, and it's not like he's not lecherous or anything. It's just like definitely uh, wrong time, dude. And it gives you the dialogue tree, and all three are variations of essentially like wrong time. Um, and it's so great that it felt like it could have was doing the awful thing that happens in these games where it's like, and cool, now here's the romance that you were waiting for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure, it doesn't fit at all in the context of the story, but, you know, there's a woman and a man, and they should be together, I guess, and just totally cuts it off at the knees. And then throughout the rest of the game, that guy's like, yeah, that was was real bad. Like, (laughs) I definitely should not have done that. But that's (laughs) the, the whole dialogue tree system is that, right, where essentially what you're picking does not make any impact whatsoever. Um, right. eh, yes and no. I mean, it's not huge, but you get... You, that's That was the rare time where it was pretty much like all three were like pretty clearly the same thing. I, I Sure. You at least say different things. Okay. All right. Listen, guys, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. These are all exceptional games, but we have to pick the most exceptional uh, one of the, of the batch. Um, and I feel like we may have more of a disagreement than we did last time. Um, but where's where's everybody sitting? Griffin and I are holding hands above fire, <laughs> hugging. I I, he, I I was really harsh on Horizon Zero Dawn. I think I, I I think it's a good game. I have problems with like I I I'm very very um, critical of the uh, sense of progression you get while playing a game. Like that's a really that's just has always and will always be like an important thing for me to like enjoy a game and i don't i i haven't enjoyed that in horizon but i also recognize like it is a it is a fucking achievement um but man i've played so much fire emblem heroes and i think it's like i think it's probably the best mobile game i've played in a few years yeah i I would agree with that um so i'm I'm definitely with horizon i have the exact opposite problem like for me like i i can't get into the, the the mobile games no, I, no, I don't no, feel no, I don't no, feel any no. joy the or reason reward. The you're put off is because you obsessed over it and you re-rolled and you burnt yourself out. Justin, Justin, hey, promise me, you know, don't, we, don't, we just don't do at, that shit. Don't do what? Justin. When you play no, the game, don't do that shit. I won't do that. I'll just I'll just keep playing Dandy Dungeons. But the the <laughs> point I wanted to make, I for me, I, I play a lot of games. Uh, at least try uh, most games. Um, and for me, I, it is, it was such a relief to play something that for me was as sort of like joyful as horizon is like, it just makes me happy to play it. It's moment to moment fun and it's smart and it doesn't make me cringe with like the, the story stuff. Uh, but it, it, uh, the combat is is really inventive. It, it has you attacking problems in different ways that really re- require strategy. Um, I've co- I've had some amazing encounters just because the 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 set of tools is so diverse, and it just moment to moment is 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 a joy to play. Um, and and it it, it is. A huge relief to because I have not felt that way from a AAA game for for quite some time. Actually, I'll I'll um, say this: I'm totally willing to switch my vote. Um, as punishment for mm. how bad Mitoma was. <laughs> okay, okay. I think and, and can... we've used worst criteria on the besties before. And also, and also, just to let Nintendo know that you came very close with Fire Emblem good Heroes. St- good start. A good, good start. start. I'm gonna need Animal the Animal Crossing, Crossing game you make to be 
an even better. I, 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 you proved me wrong. I talked a lot of shit about how bad you were gonna fuck this up, and you didn't fuck this up. You made a pretty, you made a fucking good Fire Emblem game um, for mobile. I'm gonna need you to do that for Animal Crossing. Um, and yeah, and can't then be like a card game that's like a party. Don't make, game. Hey, 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 hey! If 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 rolling dice with fucking <laughs> smiley faces on it is involved in the process, that's bad. Con- delete that shit. Russ, are you comfortable with that? I mean, there's really no horizon at this point. Here we are. Yeah, no, Horizon's a very good game. I have no, I have no objections to it. Uh, Fire Emblem is excellent, and I will continue to play it. But that's fine. Okay, so now, congratulations to Horizon Zero Dawn. You're the best game of February. Is Horizon Zero Dawn? I forgot we did this. Resident Evil one, right? Then Resident Evil uh, uh, Seven. Seven. I will say for me, I finished Resident Evil Seven since we uh, since we recorded the last episode. Um, and for me, I really loved Resident Evil Seven. I think it was so smart in in all the ways we're talking about. For me, the the wheels of Resident Evil Seven really come off in the final act. Like they really lose sight of everything that uh, was cool about the game leading up to that point. Um, do you mean, really do you mean the second that they um, leave the fucking uh, house that is like the main character in the whole shit? We're going to do one that's a haunted house story and it's just set in this spooky house and then you're going to leave the house you're going to be in a boat for a bit. And it's like, no, nah, okay, come on. We were in a cool house for a while. Remember Y'all. how you were like scraping for every bullet? We're just going to get you a machine gun real quick. Y'all. Is that okay? And the, you'll have plenty of ammo. Don't even worry about that anymore. It's just you just got a machine gun all the time. I I'm gonna vote Horizon on this, but I want to say I love the second half of Resident Evil Seven. I I, think, love, the, I love the whole game. I'm giving it yeah. shit, but like I yeah, I, I, and I think I what I love about it is it feels like they were like people keep talking about oh it's a it's a reboot of Resident Evil One. No, it's a reboot of every Resident Evil game and they just crammed it into a single game and made almost all in, in order and like in ratio of like how it is represented. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, we, so oh, we hit Resident Evil five. Oh God, we're in Resident Evil six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed all of it. I think all of it's very fun. I just think it's hysterical that they literally went through the entire wildness of that series in a single game. Um, I, I've heard the DLC is really fucking good too. Yeah. Um, I'm like Horizon's in my game. So I abstain from voting because I'm too scared to play Resident Evil. I still think I think Resident Evil 7 is um I liked it better, but um that's because it was an eight hour game that I finished and felt good about myself. So <laughs> um yeah. Uh it sounds like it sounds like Horizon wins with uh, Russ's abstention. Excellent. Congratulations to Horizon. With Russ's, with Russ's abstinence. Mm. Uh, uh, let's all try to finish Horizon before the next time, so we can, you know. Oh no, I yeah. won't. I want to yeah, talk no, about totally the ending because there's pretty much actually we might want to just skip March because there's really nothing coming out in March, so we might just like. Skip oh that. my actually, god! Heard, are you? Is this Waka, a great Waka. Rush, Oh, is it, it is, is like, a fun joke? Horrifying! How many fucking games? There's the there's the new Gemtendo. There's is Mass Effect out next month? Yep. Yes. Oh. Recon's out next month. Ah well. Okay. Uh, well, that, that won't be an issue. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the besties. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Um, uh, uh, we, we certainly have. Uh, we've got a lot more stuff at Polygon.com and at, at, at Chris Plant's site, TheVerge.com. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. There's lots of great stuff on both sites. Um, uh, actually, uh, because of an article on The Verge, I bought some headphones that I probably shouldn't have. That, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's your fault. I saw your I, tweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I blame you. Um, but uh, there's more headphones on the verge. 
uh, for your read about. <laughs> and, uh, and other things too. It's not just headphones. It's There's mostly lots headphones. of stuff. Earbuds um, and printers. Uh, <laughs> until uh, next month, um, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Todd. No, we don't do this, Ross, but we don't do this at the end. Do we'll we not see do that? Next I didn't for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Bessie!